Hello friends, welcome, 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 welcome back to Coco's Chat. Now this is the confessional. It's your favorite chocolate girl, Coco, and these are my confessions. Now before we get into the actual podcast, I know some of you may be a little bit confused, maybe you haven't noticed, you might be here checking for Coco's Chat, the episode, but this is actually the confession. So I'm making a few changes around here. The name of this podcast has changed. It is no longer Coco's Chat. It is Coco's Chat, the confessional. Coco's Chat, the show, will definitely still continue. If you're not subscribed, make sure you head over to youtube.com, type in The Coco Goddess and search, and you'll find my channel, and that's where you'll find the Coco's Chat episodes. But right here on SoundCloud and iTunes... We will be having the confessional. We're basically every other week following the Coco's Chat episodes posted on YouTube on every other Friday, every other Monday. We're going to meet right back here to talk a little, about, a little bit about how I really feel about the episode. Now, in this week's episode, episode two of Coco's Chat, I sat down with Pierre Benjamin, who is young, black, and Republican. Now, I felt like this episode was really important for me to share with you guys because we are living in a time where our future really rests on the outcome of this election. We are in an election year. If you didn't know, get your life because this is important. So I sat down with Perry. I do want to quickly, very quickly address the title of the podcast since it seemed to be a little bit of an issue for some people. Let me tell you guys something. If you have something that is yours, do not ever let somebody tell you how you should take care of it, how you should run it, how you should handle it. Y'all see whose name is on on this website? Y'all see whose name is on this podcast? It says Coco's Chat. So the only person who's going to dictate how this goes is Coco. So for those of you who had an issue with the title being April's Fool or Community Activist, clearly did not understand the play on words. I mean, come on. The episode came out on April 1st. Really? You couldn't put two and two together? I'm obviously not calling Pierre a fool by any means I clearly stated that I was leaving that decision up to you guys however you may feel and we discussed that definitely during the podcast he mentioned you know the term sellout and I asked him I said do you feel like people look at you as a sellout because come on you see young black and republican especially in today's world You're going to think sellout. It's going to cross your mind at some point. You're going to, it's going to come to mind that this person is a sellout. Whether you believe that yourself or whether you think that somebody else might believe it, I'm sure the term sellout or fool or stupid, ignorant came to mind. And he admitted, he said he definitely gets those doubters who either call him a sellout to his face or who he can assume, you know, has that idea of him that he is a sellout. So 
that was nothing new that was no shade towards perry you know it's all love on my end at least i definitely don't want anybody to be offended by that title um i think that perry is a well educated individual he was very well informed about his party about why he chose to become involved and why he chose to register as republican in the first place which was very refreshing it was also important for me to have this conversation with him because i do believe that every person has a right to vote but they have a right to an informed vote so my goal is just to make sure that you guys know what you're up against on both ends whether you're choosing to be a republican or whether you're choosing to be a democrat whether you're choosing to be independent as long as you don't choose to stay home on election day um i'm good with it as long as you are making an educated decision so let's talk about the episode and how i really feel first let me just really mention um quickly that there was some news that came out around the time that we filmed this chat um, and it was in regards to President Nixon, former President Nixon and the war on drugs. If you don't know what the war on drugs is, Google it because we ain't got the time right now. But I will tell you this, President Nixon's former White House advisor, John Ehrlichman, apparently did an interview with Dan Baum that uh, Mr. Mom decided to revisit wonderfully conveniently um, in a new article for Harper's Magazine. And in the article, um, Baum pretty much lets us know that Ehrlichman admitted that the war on drugs was really a war on black people and that the anti-drug campaign was geared towards the anti-war left and black people. He blatantly said it. You know, he says, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. This is blatant discrimination. And, and he's willingly admitting this, you know, racial targeting. And they pretty much created this fear within Americans at this time and associated that fear, connected that fear to black people and to drugs guys this is propaganda like if you know i'm no conspiracy theorist most of the time but that to me is just crazy and i think that's part of where the distrust amongst black people the distrust for republicans amongst black people comes from from exactly these kinds of situations where our faith in the republican party is lacking we there there's no trust nobody believes that the republican party can really or will really focus any of their resources or attention on the black community in a positive manner we don't believe it it's not happening following nixon let's talk about the next doof 
in the building, Donald Trump. You know, they say you can't judge a book by its cover, but when the cover of your book features a blow-up size, life-size head of this jerk, Donald Trump, then we must assume that the rest of your party is just as ignorant and just as foolish as this one man. So regardless of whether there are individual members of the Republican Party that do not support Donald Trump, he's your figurehead right now. He is leading your party, even though, you know, his campaign is clearly going to hell. He's pretty much retracting every answer possible to get whatever support he has left um, to kind of rally and stay strong against his rivals but he's failing obviously and that's pretty much kind of the tone for the republican party it's a sinking ship and i'd rather not be on that sinking ship not to say them any better is going on on the other side but we're focusing on the republicans here um but shout out to all the right wingers staying right the very very few of you who have not lost your mind clearly um but yeah it's kind of hard for black people to trust the Republican Party in a time like now where the representation of Republicans that we're seeing in the media, whether it's on TV, whether it's in our newspapers, whether it's on the internet, on Twitter. Um, and we live in a day and age where it's not like you're, the media can create this representation. You can see real time what these people are saying. You can see what they're doing. Donald Trump is tweeting from his own Twitter account. He's speaking in these interviews on his own accord. He's in these debates saying this foolishness. We know what's going on. The media is not tricking us. There are facts being presented here. I can't trust somebody who can align themselves with Donald Trump. If I have a friend who tells me that they're voting for Donald Trump, whether it's economic reasons whether you think he's a great businessman, whether you think he has great hair. You know my mans. You know my mans. I can't hang out with you. I'm sorry. I can't be associated with that. I just cannot. So I think that's a problem for a lot of black people when it comes to trusting the Republican Party. In the interview or in the chat, we talk about Um, property ownership and how important that is in terms of the advancement of black people. I think that it's so easy for people to say that black people need to do this and black people need to do that to help themselves advance when we're not really looking at the history of it. And I don't mean slavery when I talk about the history of it. Because yes, you must start at the beginning to figure out where you're going to go next. But at the same time, let's talk about history in a different context. I think we need to acknowledge that Black people have been institutionally blocked from owning property. I mean, the institutionalized racism that occurred in the days of Levittown and, you know, the same kind of thing happened in other cities too, but I'll use Levittown as an example where blacks were 
not allowed to purchase property when it was available at a crazy affordable price. And now those areas are some of the most wealthy and influential areas in New York State. We weren't allowed to purchase any property there. And that ability is what changed the game for a lot of these wealthy families nowadays. Is the fact that their great-great-great-great-great-grandfathers were able to purchase property at the right time. The timing is everything. But if you are not able to take advantage of the opportunities presented at a certain time, you know you're going to be screwed. And that is what happened. Generations of black families were not allowed or not able to purchase property at an affordable rate because the racist said, nah, we don't want you here. We don't want no blacks buying this property. No way, no how. Another argument is, you know, there's an argument that blacks are statistically poor because they don't save money but instead, they just blow it on inexpensive things. I think that that is definitely a, a, general, a generalization, which is both unfair and incorrect. I think there are a lot of black people who don't believe that they'll make it past a certain age or do not make enough money to save. Let's face it, you have to make money to be able to save money. If you're making $40,000 a year and you have three children and your expenses total up to $39,999, bruh, are you going to be able to save that $1 or are you going to try to get yourself a soda or something on a Wednesday because you had a hard day and you deserve it? So what people are telling you know, these black people who feel like they're not even going to make it past a certain age or they're never even going to be able to enjoy some of the luxuries that other people are able to enjoy. That that last dollar that you have, you're not worthy of, ha of buying your McDonald's apple pie with that last dollar. You better put it in some bank that you're probably never going to be able to touch because you'll die before it even gets three cents of interest on it. That's a reality for some black people. And that may sound crazy to you. That may sound like a stupid excuse, but that is a reality for many black people. And we have to stop treating black people or each other like we need to be accountable when we don't know any better. If we're not holding the you know, other races accountable when they when they complain or explain that they they are unaware of the injustices that other races, other races faced each day because they weren't um, susceptible to them or they weren't exposed to those kinds of injustices. Really, bro? You didn't know? You didn't know that people around the world were facing these kinds of injustices. But we don't hold those people accountable, but we'll hold black people accountable for their current situation without even thinking of or considering their past or their history. Does that seem like it makes sense to you? Because it definitely doesn't make sense to me. I do agree definitely with the idea that what we really need is businesses. 
We need to create ways for black people to be able to start and support businesses within their communities. I think Pierre brought up a great point that we need to get involved in politics in our neighborhoods. And it starts at the local level. Everybody wants to pay attention to the presidential debates, the presidential elections, the presidential candidates, but nobody is really looking at the assemblymen, the city councilmen, the senators. Who is who is working to elect those people? Are you letting them collect whatever few votes they get from the people who decided to maybe come out and vote that day? Or are you getting involved? These are the people who are backing nonprofit organizations, community organizations that work to achieve the goals of their community. But if you're not helping the best candidate for you get elected at the local level, then you're really not doing much because best believe the president is not immediately thinking about what's going on in Flatbush, Brooklyn. He's not. The president is not thinking about what's going on in the tiny projects in Detroit, Michigan. It's not happening. He's thinking about large disasters or large populations or or areas where there are huge events going on like Flint or Ferguson. He's tuned in when there's a tragedy, when there's chaos. But on an everyday basis, is he wondering if your nonprofit has enough money to fund their after-school program? Is he thinking about whether or not the local community organization can support an OMRDD or developmental disability group? I think not. So... Get involved at the local level. Pay attention to what these local politicians are telling you. And make sure that whatever decisions they're making are the ones that represent you best. Because at the end of the day, you have the power. And speaking of power, that's another thing we mentioned is black people need to recognize and use the power that they have. Do you know how many decisions in American history were made based off of the strength of the black community? I mean, even Lincoln's decision to free the slaves. You think Lincoln did that because he was nice? Because he was some kind of kind man who loved black people or thought the black people were great? No, ma'am. No, no, no. I wish I could say so. But in reality, we all know that Lincoln freed black people because it was the right move for the nation. He needed to keep his country together. He needed to make sure that this country was profitable by any means necessary. And if that meant that he needed to bribe the Confederates and take away their major profit, then that's what he needed to do. Period, point blank. He did that. I can't wait. He did what he had to do to make sure that he kept the country together. And it just so happened that black people had the power to do so. He made his move. He pulled out his queen piece and it happened to be the black community. Shout out to us for having that power and we still have that power till this day. 
We are the largest population when it comes to purchasing and who really makes a difference in spending. Us, black people. Imagine if we pushed that energy towards investing in our local politicians' campaigns or investing in black businesses, eating at family-owned restaurants, shopping at, you know, homegirl from 7th grade's boutique down the corner. The problem is we don't have these businesses. They do not exist in most neighborhoods anymore. Even lists, you know, those lists of black places to shop, small black businesses to shop. Those lists are getting shorter and shorter and shorter because it is getting harder for black people to open and keep open their businesses. And it's not because programs don't exist it might just be because we are not aware of them as a community we have to stop treating you know i say this all the time and i'll say it again ignorance is not synonymous with stupidity and knowledge is not synonymous with intelligence they are not the same thing you cannot call one the other and they're not interchangeable stop treating people who are ignorant like they're stupid it's not that they're stupid they just don't know You might be intelligent, but if you don't have that knowledge, then you're ignorant. The only difference between ignorance and stupidity is access and will. That's all. Stupid people have access, but no will. Ignorant people definitely don't have access, but they might have the will. So if we start teaching one another and showing one another our resources... And the things that we can do, regardless of what party you're for or, you know, how you vote, we'll start to win. And I think that's why this conversation was important is because we need to understand all of our options and take advantage of all of our options. I mean, even what Pierre is doing with The Big Live, which I think is an amazing organization. If you don't know what The Big Live is, definitely check it out. All of the links will be in the description of this uh, episode. But whatever resources or support anybody, any child is not getting within their home, we should be able to supplement that with support and resources within our community. And that's one of the things that The Big Life does, whether it's through highlighting other organizations or people or by going into the schools and making sure our children have some kind of support system where they can go and they can be creative and they can figure out what their options are in terms of their future because we have options now. We do. We've earned those options. We've created those options. Why are we not taking advantage of those options? And again, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming black people as a whole, but I'm saying conversations like this are what push us more towards changing our present and creating a better future so so glad that i got to sit down with perry again he really is extremely well informed and well educated he's very honest about his story which i love um and yeah it's just pretty dope what he's doing with the republican party is definitely very interesting I mean, like I said in the video, I may not be Republican myself, but I definitely respect what he's doing enough 
to sit down and have a conversation with him. And maybe I'm wrong about the Republican Party and I'm open to that. It's conversations like this that help me and help you make an educated decision about how I want to move forward politically, especially in this this election. You know, I said it in the video, I'll say it again, 2016 is a, pro a year of endless possibilities and a year of great change and great things. I feel it personally and politically. It's a defining year. And I hope every one of you, if you're not registered to vote, I don't care if you got to go to rock the vote. I don't care if you got to go to vote or die. I don't care if you got to go to the DMV. Click on Facebook, register to vote. Get out there on election day. Make a decision. Because if you don't vote, you can't complain. Because you did nothing to change it. You are on the sidelines, in the stands. You're a bystander. Nobody cares about the opinion of a bystander. So get it together. Get right. Get left. Whichever one you want to go towards. And get registered to vote. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, you can subscribe on YouTube to watch the episodes. Subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We're on both. Shout out to us. Um, yeah, so we can meet back here again. You can follow me, Coco, on pretty much everything. I'm on SoundCloud, iTunes, Periscope, Pinterest, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on the blog. You can email me. Everything is at the Coco Goddess. That's T H E C O C O G A W D E S S. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't watched the last few episodes of Coco's Chat, make sure you go catch those. I will catch you next time. Stay chocolate. Bye-bye.